Welcome to EWM Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Through Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on, sharing, and developing human capital. All right. Well, what a great, great pleasure and honor. I've got my friend Jacob Hubby Sr. here. Uh, we're going to sit in and talk a little bit. Thanks for making it time for me, my friend. Of course. Anything for you, Paul. <laughs> appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, um, you know, we've had the pleasure of coaching together and talking together and watching our kids grow up. Um, but if, if you could just share a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, how you where you've come from you know school high school and um you know what what are you doing now and and uh, what influenced you to get into your field yeah uh so i grew up in southern california uh in the inland empire area and um before moving uh to the pacific northwest uh the portland area uh, vancouver to be specific uh, where I went to high school. I have um, a father and mother and two sisters. And, um, you know, out of, out of high school, I graduated from Heritage High School down in Vancouver, Washington. I was the first graduating class and uh, played some football there that had a big influence on me. And uh, out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps and spent four years in the Marine Corps. I was an uh, 0811 Cannon crewman. I spent two tours in Iraq, uh, shooting artillery and doing uh, basic provisional rifle company stuff. And uh, that was from 2001 to 2005. Uh, after I got out uh, honorably uh, of the Marine Corps, I, um, well, well, let me first say this. The most important part is during the Marine Corps, I got married to my wife and we had our daughter, Kylie. Uh, she's now 18. Nice. And, uh, Yep, and Kylie went off to uh, North Georgia University at a senior military college. She's a cadet there, and she also plays softball. Um, and so then I have a son who's a, a sophomore, and um, he's a wrestler and uh, is enjoying high school right now. And then I have a six-year-old, uh, Samantha. And so I got three kids. Uh, I love being a father. It's su something I'm super passionate about. Um you know, that's kind of how I came to know you, Paul, and your son, JP, mm -hmm. uh, who I had the pleasure of coaching and watching him grow. Uh, that was a fun, great year. Uh, we won a championship together, and JP was a big part of that, playing middle linebacker for me. Um, so that was, that, was, that was incredible, and uh, it was awesome to, just on a side note, it was kind of awesome to challenge your son um, and watch him rise to the occasion. And so... Um, that, that's something that, you know, I'll always have, uh, in yours and my relationship and just something that I kind of cherish and hold on to. But, uh, back to my story, um, I got out of the Marine Corps and, uh, I did a little construction and was going to school and I, uh, the economy, uh, took a hit in 2007 and their uh, construction was drying up and I decided to become a police officer. 
and I was hired, uh, went through the process with many different agencies all over Washington state. And I ended up, uh, becoming a police officer at the Linwood police department up here in Snohomish County. And I've been, I, uh, I've been a police officer since 2008. And, uh, during that time, uh, I actually did a couple years up in Whatcom County as a deputy. And then I came back to Linwood and actually I just got another job, uh, exception over in Richland, Washington. So I'm getting ready to move to the east side for very specific reasons uh, that we can talk about if you'd like. And well, I congratulations, first of all. Congratulations, yeah. first of all. I mean, from what I understand, yeah. the pool of applicants was long, wide, tall, and deep. And uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. There's a lot of police officers here in western Washington that are kind of fleeing uh, to the east side and other agencies trying to get out of um, western Washington. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a tough, tough day and age to be a police officer right now. Uh, challenging. Very challenging for some obvious reasons that uh, on a national scale. And um, it's, uh, yeah, so we can talk about those if you want, but uh, shoot me another one. <laughs> well, I find it fascinating. So you, you were the first grad uh out of the graduating class right mm -hmm. uh in, in your high school and yep, then you decided in 2001 and you decided to go into the marines so yes. with the wide world open to you as the doors of the school open wide on graduation day why yeah. did you, why did you choose the marines i mean great so, choice but why yeah um my father uh he retired out of the marine corps as a lieutenant colonel and his father was an enlisted Marine as well. Uh, so my grandpa, uh, he went in, uh, he got recruited uh, into the Marine Corps for infantry, but he also played football at USC. And so when they learned that he played football at USC, instead of going into the infantry, they pulled him and put him on the all Marine team and he played football for his enlistment. Uh, so we kind of make fun of him for that, but um me and my dad. But, uh, so then my dad joined the Marine Corps. He was a CH 46 pilot. And, uh, so he was a, a helo pilot, helicopter pilot. And, and so for me, I, I grew up on base. I grew up, you know, in, in, uh, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Uh, I did a little bit of time as a kid in Okinawa. Uh, I've been all over the plows born in Maryland. Um, and so the Marine Corps was kind of second nature to me. It's kind of what I knew. Um, and, you know, for better or for worse, I should say. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, yeah after, once you get out of the Marine Corps and you get a little perspective in life and you get a little uh, unindoctrinated, you you learn a lot about exactly what you already went through. And, and so it's super interesting to me uh, to put the Marine Corps in its proper place in my life. But it's certainly a special thing to me. It's, um, I... I love the Marine Corps, it's a total love-hate relationship, but I love it and I'm glad and I'm super thankful for everything that it did for me. Uh, it, I wouldn't be who I am without it. And so, um, you know, I have, I put a Marine sticker on my truck like every other jarhead out there, I'm sure. And, right, uh, right, right. You know, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm proud of it. Well, I, I, I'm an army, old army guy, um, but I love, I love you guys, you know, if you want to be in a foxhole with a, have a fun time, you know, absolutely. And, and I, uh, especially being a police officer, I meet a lot of veterans out here of all different branches and, uh, mad respect to all the veterans out there. 
uh, in every in every branch of service. I did right seat, left seat with the Army on my second tour in Iraq uh, in Ramadi, and we were dodging IEDs together. And so, um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for every branch of service. My daughter is a cadet at North Georgia, and she's going to get her commission at, uh, in the Army as well. So uh, nice. mad respect out there. Uh, well, and, and just so that no one gets uh, the wrong idea, um, I'm, I was a graduate uh, Army ROTC at the University of Washington. Uh, I was accepted right. to West Point, but I, I did not, my boots would never hit uh, turf outside of the U.S. So I did, just, I, I don't like, I don't want in, uh, anyone to get the wrong impression, but um, I love, I love all, all service members. I love, love Marines. Uh, question for you. So after the Marines, you, you went into uh, the police force, and what influenced you to choose to go into the police force? Was it, um, well, I'll just let you answer. What, 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 uh, what influenced you? Well, I mean, part of it was circumstantial. Uh, I was a rebar iron worker uh, laying rods and, um, you know, packing steel. Uh, on job sites and then that work just dried up. So naturally I'm, I'm searching for work at that point. Um, it was during the, you know, the, the, the recession. And so I, uh, you know, I naturally, you know, thought about going back in the military and then the next thing that's kind of paramilitary is, uh, law enforcement. And so it, uh, I'm the first police officer in my family. I, I, I'm not one of those cops, which there's plenty of, that's like, oh, I just, I always knew I was going to be a police officer and, and this is, you know, that's, I just, you know, it, it never was a long-term goal of mine, but it was paramilitary and I felt like I, you know, probably, I felt confident that I could contribute uh, to the community. And, and so, um, yeah, I just kind of took a leap of faith and, and joined an, a paramilitary. I, I think that's what led me to it. It was just, it's paramilitary and the military is what I knew. And so, it was a matter of, hey, I understand rank structure. I understand how to, you know, execute missions. And um, I felt like, you know, you know, what better place than to apply that uh, than in law enforcement where you can actually have an impact on your community. Excellent. And the, you, after, uh, for a portion of time, you were, you were stationed at a high school and worked with the students and i think you sh you shared with me that 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 was a both a challenge and a blessing um to you personally oh, yeah. uh, absolutely uh without a doubt uh being a school resource officer uh was absolutely the most challenging uh specialty that i've ever taken part in in law enforcement and uh i was i am a former canine handler um and um you know, I, I've done I've done outpost uh, as a deputy, and and without a doubt, um, school resource officer was super dynamic. Uh, you know, just just from you know reaching young lives and 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 having an impact on on some kids that that don't have certain support elements in their life, and and finding you know building relationships and 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 and. Uh, meeting those kids and finding those kids where they're at in life and then saying, Oh, this kid's in need and saying, Hey, you know, playing whatever role the kid will allow you to in supporting that, that youngster through uh, whatever it is they're trying to do, which is typically to graduate high school or some of them just to show up to school. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, 
that in combination, I say it's, it was the hardest, most challenging job because it wasn't just that aspect, which was the, the most rewarding part of it was the relationships with the kids. Um, but also dealing with, uh, you know, faculty administrators, a very, very, very in this particular area and not, not to go political, but it's a very anti-law enforcement uh, school district that I was working for. Um, there was a, it was, there was a lot of, of skeptics uh, when it came to uh, law enforcement entering the schools. Uh, there was, there's the notion of school to prison pipeline that we're there to arrest kids and, and basically commit law enforcement against kids. And that's absolutely mm -hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. It was actually more of a mission of, Hey, reach out, build relationships and uh, kind of provide an informal counseling setting for a lot of youngsters that, you know, are dealing with, are exposed to crime or are dealing with domestic violence or are dealing with, uh, you know, parental abuse or just some, or maybe they catch a charge on the outside and they have to work their way through the, the juvenile uh, legal system. That's where I'm there for. I can help them through that. I mean, I took so many youngsters to court when they didn't even know they had it uh, to keep them out of trouble. Um, you know, uh, most of the kids that were committing crime in my school, I found a way to have a relationship with them and just to let them know that, Hey, I'm not going to sit here and put pressure on you while you're at school when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to hunt you down and, and hunt the crime that you're committing. I'm here to counsel you and allow you to know that there's an alternative to what you're doing. Yes. And so that, that's where I'm just like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, you know, at first they're super apprehensive about making a relationship or even talking to me, but then, you know, they find out that I, I already know these things. I already know what's going on. Or typically nine times out of 10, I already knew what they were doing when it came to crime because everyone's a snitch out there. And I don't mm -hmm. care what anyone says. If you're, if you're on the streets, you know that everyone's a snitch. And so typically I already knew what the kids were doing that were wrong anyway. So my goal was to build a relationship with them and just to encourage them in a different direction. And that was my primary mission. Um, and so that was super dynamic, but then I have competing interests with teachers that are like, Oh, why is he, why is that police officer talking to a kid is, you know, I need to go save that kid from the police officer because there's, you know, an element of our country that they don't trust law enforcement and, and, and they think that, you know, the, the, the systems in place are rigged against certain people and that us cops are kind of the, the, the long arm of the system that's out there carrying out these systems, which, you know, it, I, I can't speak to other parts of the country, but that is absolutely false in, in, in my jurisdiction in the neck of the woods that I do law enforcement. So, um, you know, my school was, uh, was a, roughly 50% white, 50% uh, student of color. Mm -hmm. And so we had a, a large mix of different kids and, um, you know, it was, it was, I, I just found it unique. Every single person that I had a relationship with had a different story. Uh, I, I'm huge on individualism. Uh, and I, 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 that's what I really tried to encourage kids that they are unique individuals with a unique set of talents. They may not have the same talents that everyone else has, but they have unique, unique talents themselves and they can tap into those. And I was, that's what I would try and help those kids find is what they were good at and thing, you know, let them know. And I would just provide positive affirmation in these youngsters lives to say, Hey, this is something that I see in you. I don't know if ever anyone's ever told you, but you're pretty good at this. Mm -hmm. And for, for the majority of these kids, they never heard that before, you know? Uh, and yes, some, many of these kids were students of color, you know? And so, um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't play the, the, I don't play the um, label game. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, and I know people have a, have a, a zing comeback for this, but to me, what I, I saw students and, and, you know, there was some kids that were very well supported and then, and, and so that, and then there was some that were not. And so when it comes to labeling, that's kind of how I labeled them. This, this kid needs support. And so, sometimes that kid's a white kid and some kind, sometimes that kid's a black kid. And if that kid needs support, no matter what he looks like, I'm going to do anything that, that I can to build a relationship with that kid and, and provide him some positive affirmation in his life and maybe a little bit of a compass. Yeah. So, so the teacher that may have in their mind felt that they were helping the kid by trying to get between the kid and law enforcement were actually driving a wedge between the support you were providing the student and the student. Without a doubt. Got it. Uh, Many, many, many times. I will say, though, that even the naysayers, uh, even those teachers that uh, were deeply rooted um, in these – in the doctrine that they learned in college, uh, you know, the system that it's very, it's all about systems and, and it's all about oppressive systems that were created by, uh, by a certain group of people for a certain group of people. And that's kind of in a nutshell, it's a very brief summary of how, you know, a lot of people think, but, um, a lot of these folks that I'm speaking of think, but once I was able to, you know, build relationships, you know, with those, with even with those teachers, they would say things like, "Oh, well, you're different, hubby." They would say things like that, which was absolute beat baloney. If it, uh, if you excuse me, um, I'm not different. Uh, I'm very average when it comes to, you know, me and the rest of my cops that I work with. And so I I would just say that they, but they thought I was different because I was I was providing. And doing, and they finally saw after you know a year and a half to two years that they finally saw the product that I was delivering to some of these kids, um, and and the genuine approach that I took with every relationship that I had, regardless of what the kid looked like, um, and and so I, I was able to earn probably ninety percent of the respect from from most of them and have a decent relationship with them. But again, I was a unique cop, you know what I mean? What it's like. If only they could go meet my 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 fellow officers that I work with, because many of them are much better officers uh, than I am, uh, in in my opinion. So um, I'm not unique, and I know there's a lot of great officers out there that are into community policing. They're also into, you know, holding holding the line and 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 drawing, uh, you know, stepping standing in between um, the bad guys and the good guys, and saying, hey you know, bad guys, if you want to get to the good guys, you're going to have to get through me. So, so to speak, but you know, you can do that and community and, you know, community police all at the same time. And, um, that's kind of how I approach my job is saying, Hey, um, I'm going to go out there. I, I have a unique job. I can go into my community. I can meet someone. I can meet someone and I can say, Hey, what's your story? And, and it's just unbelievable if you actually take the time to just listen to someone's story. It is, it's fascinating to hear. And maybe that's because I've been around the world, uh, you know, and, and I know that there's a lot going on in our world. And, and, and so I, I, I know that we have a lot of immigrants in our country. And so just listening to, especially, you know, not just immigrants, but everyone has a story and, and, you know, some of the immigrant stories are just fascinating and, I just, I really, 
I really enjoy that aspect of my job. If, if I have the opportunity, if someone is willing to listen, sit down, have a conversation with me and there's time, you know, um, if I can do that, that's, that's what I really cherish about my job. That is terrific. So for parents who, one of the biggest investments people have, right? It's not stocks, it's not bonds, it's not, you know, necessarily real estate. Oh, while those things are assets, human capital is the most important thing. At least it's the most important thing to me, and I, and I know it's the most important thing to you. For parents who are investing in their children, um, and their kids are going to uh, these schools that happen to have um, these resource officers uh, there, or they're considering having a resource officer. Um, yep. How would you encourage them? What would you share with them to let them know that you know this this is meant to help support and you know support your child, give your child an opportunity to actually achieve. Um, their their potential. What would you share? Yeah, well, uh, I would just say because every police department across the nation is different. Uh, they they adhere to different standards and guidelines and policies and procedures. And so sometimes, well, very quite often, we get broad brushed as all the same. But when it comes to school resource officers, if a parent has a question about why the officer's there, what's his mission, I would say find out if the school resource officer that is planning on that the school district is planning on putting in your kid's school if they're planning on being in there you should ask if they're a part of the national association of school resource officers otherwise known as nasro n a s r o n a s r n a s r o yep yep and so if they're a part of NASRO, then we all have the same training. And, um, you know, I met school resource officers. I happen to, I happen to go to NASRO school in Oregon, in Portland, Oregon with Portland PD. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I was trained by Rudy Perez. Uh, he's a Mexican guy out of LAPD schools. And he was my mentor when it came to, uh, school resource officer, kind of my first introduction and Rudy Rudy was an amazing human being, still is. Um, haven't had a chance to really talk to him, but, and I don't even know that he knows what an impact he had on my life, but just a, a, a salt of the earth type of guy and really laid it out there. Uh, there's, you know, the guidelines that he taught, um, you know, it's, 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 it's curriculum that is already set. So it's out of a book and it's all about relationship building. What is the best way to relationship build as a school resource officer? What is the best way to counsel youngsters in their lives and kind of meet them where, find them, meet them where they're at and give them, you know, insert whatever is needed, you know, no more, no less, but just insert if a kid needs something, if a kid's in need, you know, identify that need and maybe see if there's something you can do about it. Um, you know, and, and that's, if, if you're, if I'm going to tell the parents out there in, in answer to your question, if, if you're, if your school resource officer is a part of NASRO, then he is not there to arrest kids. In in three and a half years, I made one arrest. Um, and that was just a kid that flat out just decided he wanted to attack me and see how he could 
do fair in a physical fight with a police officer in front of his friends. So um, outside of that, uh, you know, there for you that know, I, kid that is going through some stuff on the outside, maybe, you know, uh, their parents got into a physical fight and the police were called and one of their parents got arrested. And so there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of trauma that a kid kind of endures when he experiences that I can maybe, well, not maybe, but I can most definitely, I have the experience to provide a little bit of, of, um, you know, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, context to what the kid's going into and just maybe say, Hey, this is kind of what happens next. And Hey, you don't, you know, this isn't the end of the world. And, and, you know, this doesn't mean that your dad or mom is a bad person. It just means that maybe a mistake was made and, you know, just kind of give them that talk. And so, um, yeah, so back to your, again, back to, I kind of go off on tangents, but, um, if, if your kid, if you, if you're, if a parent's wondering about a school resource officer and the position in the schools, they should really look into NASRO. There's website. Um, you can, you can find out all kinds of information as to what they're teaching SROs, the police officers and what they expect of the SROs once they're in the school and discipline and arresting and sending kids to jail. That's absolutely not on the list at all. It, it does. It's, uh, if, if a school resource officer goes in there and starts making arrests, at least in, in, in my district, that guy's going to find a, a, a new job. So, um, yeah. and again, yeah, that's just a little bit of, uh, hopefully that answered your question, but. Well, on the, it's similar to a traffic cop on the beat who's waving right. traffic in. His job isn't to run around and start giving people tickets for having a light out. His job right. is to make sure that the traffic is flowing, right? That's right. right. And right. and you know, so so it's similar. Your 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 number one goal isn't to arrest students. That's 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 not not your goal. So you said you mentioned though, um, Rudy Perez was really an influence in your life. Um, yeah. And you know that he's a he's a is a big influence uh, to you. Who else has been a real big influence in your life? Well, my father, without a doubt. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to privilege, which is a buzzword in our, in our society right now, uh, I definitely was privileged. And uh, I'll probably disagree with some people as to why. Um, I am a white man. Um, however, that I, I, I know that I am privileged. I know that I am privileged because I had a father. And so... Um, my father was there for me. He, he, he taught me what it was, what it meant to be a man in this world, um, how to show respect, uh, to other people and myself. Um, he definitely was there as a back, as a backstop to kind of redirect me sometimes forcefully in a different direction. And, um, you know, I just told him last week, uh, that, you know, that he's, he's one of my heroes and, and, uh, that, you know, he's a guy that, uh, certainly has had the most profound influence in my life. And so I'm a, I'm a definitely a privileged, a privileged man. I, I, I didn't grow up in wealth, uh, and I didn't grow up with everything I wanted whenever I wanted. Um, I certainly, uh, have struggled in life from a, uh, socioeconomic standpoint, but, uh, where I, where I know that I am privileged is the fact that I had a loving father who cared enough about me sometimes to whoop my butt when I needed it. And also, uh, to, to definitely, uh, love me and, um, 
and encourage me in my life and in whatever it was that I was pursuing. Not having a father is definitely a deficit that a lot of a lot of families are trying to overcome. You know, without a doubt. And um, you know, there are those that don't think that a a father in the home is is much of an asset. Um, but those of us that have had fathers, those of us that have had you know different situations, um, you know, we we understand the value of that, right? Mm-hmm. So. What advice would you give to someone who is interested in a career like yours? I mean, you, you've you've definitely made a difference in your community. You've made a difference, uh, you know, on the job, outside of the job. Definitely made a difference in, you know, even the uh, the community football team. Not not just the fact that you coach these these whelps into having a getting a championship. <laughs> against an arch rival that was just berating them earlier, you know. Um, no, no. That was a, that was, that, those are good memories, huh, Paul? <laughs> those are great memories. Those are great memories. Um, but, but not not only that, but you know, you've you've really seen and done a lot. Um, but what advice would you give to someone who is looking at a career? Maybe they're just getting out of high school. Um, would you suggest? Would you say, what would you suggest? I'll just leave a, a blank slate for you. What would you suggest? Well, you know, I, I feel like I can recommend what I know. Uh, and, and, you know, what I currently do as a, as a law enforcement officer, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to a person coming right out of high school. Um, this, this job that we're doing uh, just in 10 years has dramatically changed and shifted uh, in so many different directions and many of them in better directions. Uh, but it, I, I would have failed miserably at this job if I would have been, had the opportunity to join at 18, which you have to be 21 to become a police officer. But even at 21, I would have failed miserably. And so, um, I needed to go out and get some life experience under my belt and, um, you know, learn that, that, there is a whole wide world out there and, you know, from socioeconomically speaking to every other type of breakdown, it's happening out there. And just learning that, you know, this world is much bigger than me and, um, you know, getting that life experience, uh, learning how to serve other people, learning how to just not, learning how to not be selfish, uh, I think we as Americans, uh, Rudy Perez, back to Rudy, Rudy says uh, he doesn't believe in white privilege. Rudy Perez believes in American privilege. Mm. And I, ha- I, happen, I happen to agree with him on that. And Rudy says, uh, you know, uh, it is a privilege to be in this country. And after being in some third world countries uh, and seeing how s- some little kids are, you know, scrounging for their next meal, dodging mortar rounds themselves, IEDs, uh, living in combat environments. Um, you know, kids, I saw my, you know, I, I saw kids that very well could have been my own kids out there. And I'm going, wow, uh, these folks certainly are at a disadvantage. And um, so when I come back to the, to the United States and I hear people you know, I'm not saying that people in the United States don't have it rough because that I, I, I certainly know that there are some uh, some people that struggle out in our communities. And um, but I will say that 
you know, the, the lowest, the lowest common denominator socioeconomically here is uh, live in large compared to a lot of people in the world. And so um, I would just say that uh, go out there, get some life experience. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, a, a person that wasn't disciplined enough to go to college and, and do well in college, uh, enlisting in the Marine Corps was a great way to a get my bell rung a little bit and say, hey, uh, this is what discipline is. And, um, you know, coming from somewhere, not my dad. And, uh, you know, here's how you participate on a, on a team that's not a football team. And uh, now you're going to go out there and, and make an impact on different communities around the world. And that's what I got to do. And I came back a completely changed person with perspective that I don't know how else I would have ever gotten it. And so, uh, you know, now that I'm a police officer and I can approach people on these streets, you know, I, I may have a little bit more patience. I may have, uh, you know, a little bit more experience to sit, to, to relate, uh, to folks out here, uh, to sure show them respect, whether they deserve it or not. You know, my new thing is, uh, you know, treating people with the respect they don't deserve. And so, mm. um, you know, that's kind of, I, I kind of, I, I say that over and over to myself on my way to work before my shift every day, because, you know, if I don't, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a human being and just like anyone else that, uh, is, uh, caused to sin. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's important to, uh, just keep a good, per a good disciplined perspective on whatever it is that you do in life and do it and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. So uh, I would just encourage youngsters that are 18 to find a way to go and get that experience if, um, and, and kind of expose yourself uh, to some uncomfortable situations. Um, uh, the more uncomfortable we are, I feel the more we learn and the more we grow and the stronger we get. And so, that's kind of what I would encourage them to do. Uh, again, the military is a great way to do that. What would you share with parents? Um, well, um, I got my youngster out here screaming at the chickens. Uh, <laughs> Samantha, I'm on the phone. Uh, sorry. No, that's great. Um, so uh, what I would share with parents is that um, – I would, I would, I would not, I would, I would be hesitant on the amount of input that you, that you give your kids. I mean, we all want our kids to, you know, strive, strive for, um, you know, to be the best at what they do and to reach their potential. Um, you're, it, I think it's really tough for kids to really be passionate about something if the parent is, um, if their input is, is not in a good ratio. And it. so it's kind of a sweet spot that I'm learning as a dad, you know, with my son and my daughters to say, Hey, I'm going to push you. But, you know, at the same time, I'm going to allow you to go out there and fail. And so, you know, just having that ratio, I would just be careful to, you know, uh, create situations for your kid. You know what I mean? Um, when, when it, you want, 
the best for your kid. And so it's, it's a real temptation to go out there and create the perfect scenario for their, your kid all throughout their life. And I think that that's super detrimental um, to their up to their upbringing. And I think that they kind of become reliant on their parent, you know, that is basically for lack of better words, nannying their way, you know, through their upbringing. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, it makes great sense. I mean, basically you've got to know when to pour input in and, and know when to let them figure some stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jacob Hubby, you are one of the best. You are one of the best, my friend, and I want to thank you um, a lot for for spending you know time with uh, me today, uh, allowing me to ask you some questions and some of the things that you've shared. I know are going to help parents, um, and you know also giving them the perspective that that um, what a resource officer in the school uh, is meant uh, to do. Um, what the heart of resource officers are. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we all want the best for our kids. I mean, that's um, that's the human capital that we're spending our lives on. So thank you very much, my friend. Yeah, Paul, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, you're the man, and uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have you in my life. And um, thank you so much for being who you are and and uh, being there for me i love you i will speak with you soon all right brother take care god bless you too bye-bye until next time this is paul ellis encouraging you to invest in what you love